0: Proverbs twenty two six. Train up. A, let's read this together. Ready? Train up a child in the way he should, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, is this true? Is this uh, this this foolproof? Is this a guarantee? You know, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So the biggest thing, of course, this is talking to the parent, and uh, boy, the biggest thing again is well, <clears throat> I know with family, mom and dad love the Lord, raise their kids in church, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And uh, all the kids turned out bad. Well, what happened to that verse? You know. um, well, a couple of things. Is what, number one, it's not over. When he's old, he'll not depart from it. It's not over. Uh, secondly is we really don't know how the parents trained the kids. Even though they were in church, doesn't mean that they trained them right. Uh, the church is not indicative of the home. Uh, the home is only indicative of itself because anybody can play the part when they come to church. Uh, any parent can play the part, and so, uh, so it's really, really vital. and This is why we're going to rush and attack the home, because uh, I look good to you, and you look good to me, most of you anyway. We all can look good to each other, but but I mean, you know that going home is a different animal. I mean, you you can leave the church parking lot, and all of a sudden, you know, explosion happens, you know, so. We'll talk about that here. Lord, I pray you help us this morning in this lesson. Lord, I need you right now. I need your, I need your guidance. I need your help, Lord Jesus. And I pray, Lord, right now that you'd help us as we talk about these, this matter of our kids and uh, our homes, our families, our marriages. And Lord, I just pray you'd just guide us and help us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. <clears throat> All right, number one, we said this. Well, kind of introduced it with a secular worldview, the humanist worldview, and the biblical worldview. I remember those three worldviews. The, well, that, that's a huge point, the secular, humanist, and uh, biblical worldview, uh, simply because, uh, again, our kids, again, training up a child, our kids see us and how we respond uh, in those types of situations. I can't stress it enough. So even if you don't have kids right now, right, uh, even if you don't have kids right now, uh, this is still a thing that you need to respond to each other. I gave the prime example. You need money. You're getting short on finances, you know, whatever, and it's like, okay, so... Man, I need to work another job. I need to uh, maybe go find some, you know, uh, federal assistance or some governmental assistance, or uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not bashing any of those things, but uh, that's the secular. The governmental assistance would be a secular worldview because you're looking for something from the secular world. And then the uh, I got I to go find another job would be a humanist worldview that says I have to figure this out. You know, I got to I got to put my hand to the plow. Then the third thing is the biblical worldview. Where the Bible says, the "Trust in the Lord with all of thine heart." And lean that to my own understanding, So, which would be this. I say to my spouse, you know, I don't know what we're going to do. We're tight on funds. But let's trust in God. Let's pray right now and pray that God would lead us and direct us. And he might lead us to direct our paths to work another job. But my first solution is not to, find, to pick up more hours or more overtime. My first solution is I always go to the Word of God. And my first solution is I always go to God. And, uh, and then once I pattern that in my own marriage, the kids see this. And I'm training my kids to have a biblical worldview and understand that the Bible is, takes precedent over everything. But so many times, even good moms and dads, and you might have good moms and dads, and I have a good mom and dad, but so many times I've watched my mom and dad, and so many times I've even responded with a secular mentality that says, uh, you know, we got, well, let's figure this out. Where, where can we go to get this type of help? Where can we go to, you know, in this and that, as opposed to running to God first and say, what does Scripture say about this? And, uh, boy, that, that makes a big difference in our home. So, anyway, I just is a little introduction. But number one, we said this, fear of God, <clears throat> the fear of God. And uh, the kids need to have a fear of the Lord. The Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We said that the conclusion of the whole matter in Ecclesiastes 12 is that to keep the commandments and to fear God. Remember that? Ecclesiastes 12. Uh, the conclusion of the whole matter is that you fear God and to keep His commandments. Pretty simple. But I, I do believe this, and that is because of the secular and humanist worldview, our kids are not fearing God. There ought to be a reverential fear of a Lord that, man, if I, if, if, if I, if I do not obey his commands, uh, man, there's going to be consequence. Uh, and there's a consequence. There's a holy, reverential fear of that, So which means this. Uh, <clears throat> if it's not a big deal for moms and dads to go to church, kids are looking at mom and dad, that's not a big deal for them not a big consequence for mom and dad. They don't see the consequence of mom and dad, but mom and dad will feel the consequence, but Johnny and Susie don't see it. And so they're thinking, well, if it's not a big deal for them, you know, what, what we do in moderation, kids do in excess. Don't forget that either. But what we do in moderation, kids do in excess. And so typically, if it's not a big deal for me, then kids all of a sudden say, ah, oh, church is not a big deal at all. And uh, so they will leave the church and et cetera, et cetera. But uh, just think about these things. Uh, with the fear of God, man, how important that is uh, to have a... And listen, and that fear has got to stem from the, the mom and dad. Uh, why is it that I, I tithe? Well, I, I fear God if I don't tithe, that God is going to jack-slap me. Uh, and he's going to get his money regardless of whatever, but it's his. And I, well, I have a fear, I, I, but we have a holy fear in our house. Uh, we are not messing with that. Uh, well, it's, it's incredibly important. So I pray that God that my kids we'll see a holy fear for those things. And we communicate it. You know, we communicate it. No, no, it's a big deal. Uh, yeah, it's tight. And yes, also we got slammed with a $2,000 furnace bill or you know, whatever it is. But we're not messing with God's money. That's for sure. And we verbalize that. Our kids understand it. Oh, Mom and dad are dead serious about that stuff. Our walk with God. Uh, they have to understand that, listen, this me getting up at 5 o'clock or whatever time in the morning to, just to make sure that I have my walk with God uh, it's a big deal to me. It's a, my kids will see that hopefully it's a big deal to them. And there's a fear, God bless you, there's a fear that if I don't walk with God, what, what's going to happen to me? So there's got to be a fear of God. And you have to see that stem from the parents that we, and we communicate those things and verbalize those things. Number two, learning how to capture their heart. This is just kind of review a little bit. We're learning how to capture their heart. And, uh, and And I said this, dot, 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 but learning how to capture their heart for God. Uh, Learn how to capture their heart for God. Well, this is so important. Yes, Solomon says in Proverbs 23, 26, My son, give me thine heart. He said, I want to grab my son's heart, and that's good. And I have to and one of the jobs of the parents is to win their hearts. But I just don't want to win it to myself because I want to have a best friend. I want to win their hearts because I want to be able to transfer that to God. And so when they get to be a teenager and I'm starting to push them to the Lord Jesus Christ. And starting to help them to develop a intimate relationship with the Lord and the Word of God in their prayer time. Uh, boy, how important that is. Uh, so I want to be able to win their heart, but win their heart for God. Not just for myself, but the Apostle Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. And so he says, I want you to follow me, but then after you follow me, you now I have to go and follow Christ. And so I want to be able to win our kids' hearts and uh, how important that is. Now, there's where we're going to go number today, number three. Learning the wiles of the devil. Learning the wiles of the devil. And then teaching my children to combat them by the word of God. Now, I want you to go to Ephesians 6. I'll repeat that in a little bit. But Ephesians chapter 6. Learning the wiles of the devil. And then teaching my children how to combat them by the word of God. I do believe we're, we're living in a day and age where a lot of parents uh, do not quite understand... Uh, what's out there, and the traps, uh, the wiles, if you might say. Okay, so Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 10. Finally, brethren, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Now, verse number 12, I want you to read this, ready? Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the what? wiles of the devil. Hmm. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual weakness in high places. So he says, I will take on the armor of God. We understand, he says, that the whole purpose of doing this is to understand the wiles of the devil. Uh, that you may be able to protect yourself against the wiles of the devil. The, wile, the word wiles is the Greek word methodia, where we get the word multiple methods. And so, which means this. Satan doesn't just does not have one fiery dart. He has a multitude of fiery darts. And he'll launch them at dad. If that doesn't work, he'll launch them at mom. Because dad's always a target. Just saying, man, you're the target. If he can get dad, he can get the family. Then he'll launch him at mom. If he can get mom, he can get the heart. The heartbeat of the home is a mom. If he can't get mom, he's going to start shooting at your kids. So you're in church here today, thank God, and you're fired up for God, Amen to that. But He's launching at your kids, and listen, if we're not careful, we will not. We don't understand the thought process that our kid that we think is very innocent and very naive or whatever the case may be. But truth of the matter is, our kids are much more intelligent than what you or I think, and they are dupers at the age of one. In other words, this—they know how to dupe mom and dad very early, and they give a little sob story. You know, the, the the crocodile tear ministry starts to starts to turn on, and you think, oh, I can't believe it—I can't hurt little Susie. Oh no 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 no! Little Susie knows what she's doing. Okay, she's she's playing. Okay, she's she's—we call it the dupe ministry. In many cases, not all, not every case. There are some cases where they're really hurt, and that's true. But when they're that age, I mean, it's it's amazing because it all of a sudden you give them a little, you know, popsicle, and all of a sudden the tears dry up, the, the the crying stops, and it's like you weren't you weren't even you weren't even hungry. Um, but here's here's some methods, and here's here's a lot of wilds. And I want to say we're we're gonna get into it in this series. We're going to cover a lot about media because right now I think the number one thing that's 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 a multitude of a multitude of methods is through media. Uh, there's a multitude of devices right now. The average the average American uh, what's what's the exact I don't want to give a false stat. Um, uh, the average American is plugged into six different types of media devices. That's how that went yeah. The average American is plugged into six different. Okay, so in other words, um, you have the phone, you have a tablet, you got TV, you got a laptop, you got. uh, um, Yeah, the the iWatch, you've got uh, radio, uh, you've got um, whatever. Uh, There's all, there's, there's multiple different outlets, different types of venues, different types of directions that influence. But do you realize that? When our kids are little, how important it is, you want to shut that door, Eric or whoever, the kitchen door? Yeah, the kitchen door. Just go ahead and shut the kitchen door. Just pull it. You know, they'll get the message. Uh, think need to be in Sunday school, too. But anyway, um, but understand this, uh, how important it is to understand this media thing, because if we don't, if we're not careful, this media thing is actually teaching and training our children. Um, again, when I was a kid, it was, it was, when my kids were kids, I, I could remember teletobies I actually, absolutely hated that, that little TV show. It just the most, ooh, it irked me. You know, just, just oh, I couldn't stand it. Uh, and then he had Wonder, Wonder Pets. Was it, was it, you, Travis, remember that show? Uh, Wonder Pets. And I can't remember. My, my wife knows the whole jingle to it. but um, uh, And my kids can sing it, you know. And, and, and then there was uh, Sesame Street, and that's been on forever since I was a kid. And how many of you remember Sesame Street? You know, Cookie Monster and all that stuff. And, uh, and and listen, fine, right? But I want you to think very carefully. Sesame Street, Teletubbies, Wonder Pets, and we can go on and on and on. Do any of those shows teach about God? Do any of those shows have the Word of God? Do any of those shows, um, you know? what are they promoting? A secular of the world Now two plus two is four, I get that. That's fine. Sesame street, two cookies is two cookies, the monster. <laughs> you know, four cookies. I get that, it's fine. And it's, but, but understanding, just, just as long as you understand the wiles involved. I'm not saying that's sinful, but what we do have to understand is it also is a while that is desensitizing our kids to the fear of God. This is something that you have to really consider and think about. And so if I want to make sure that I strengthen this, then I have to understand what the wiles are, what the methods are, and then be able to say, okay, if I want my kids to be trained in the way they should go, and I want them to have a fear of God, and I want them to have a a holy uh, instruction, and I want them to have a biblical worldview to understand that the Word of God is vitally important, then I've got to make sure that I saturate my kids with these things. There's a lot of resources, a lot of outlets, which we're going to get to in this series. I don't want to take, steal the thunder from the series. But there's a lot of things in the series that we'll be able to talk about uh, to understand how important it is that our kids uh, get these things from mom and dad. Now, uh, Mariana. I'm glad you're saying this because something
1: happened in our home that confirmed to me the truth of this portion of the Bible. As you guys know, our case is in a 50-50 custody that Right. In the- Mm, evolution evolution, and, stuff. Yeah.
0: and the boys actually
1: came upset and told so that they, they stood up to the teacher to defend Jesus.
0: Wow, amen. And
1: that meant a lot to me because, you know, in training them as a step-parent, I have that battle that she's trying to gear them away from God and I get emotional. And ever since they've been little, I've been directing like mm. And it was like, I needed that with me. Because I, I was questioning Lord Just to see That the word has been implemented in their heart, that thing is there, and that the life is going to Amen. Even at this young age, they're defending the gospel. You know, they're defending what the word says. So that means
0: a lot. It makes it real. When it comes to this, this
1: really came to life to me just this week. Amen. It it is a blessing, too, that whenever they hear something that they know, you know, just something they sense isn't right, they come to me to ask. Amen. Uh, they, 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 they were talking about the Big Bang Theory, and, and I explained to them not only biblically but also scientifically why right, like
0: the simple terms could. Like right. The it's no, good the, cases. And they were all facing past You know,
1: from those the right. Amen.
0: Hey, I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad it, I'm glad it resonates, and um, very, very true. But understanding the why there, and then to teach them how to combat it. So like you're saying, uh, as far as you're teaching them why those theories are, are unbiblical and unfounded, uh, scientifically incorrect, that's huge. And so be, to be able to understand it, uh, you have to understand what we're dealing with. Uh, when you get older, understanding how cell phones work, uh, how the Internet works, uh, how the, the, the delete button works, uh, how history works, uh, how all these things work. And believe it or not, they pick it up very, very quickly. Uh, and so be able to understand all this, uh, understand when they should get a phone and when they shouldn't get a phone. And um, the age gets younger and younger. Uh, we got, we got uh, shockingly enough, we got kindergartners coming into school with cell phones now. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me and the four-year-old will say, I gotta call my mom after school. And I'm like, you've got, so they got a data plan. They've got full full range access to the internet. They've got, I mean, they can text whoever, or whoever can text them. That's scary. Uh, I mean, predators alert. I mean, this is this is crazy. So there, there's a lot of things, and we can think that these devices are just so, so simple, so naive, not a big deal, but I'm gonna tell you, uh, well, just, just on a personal note, this has nothing to do with whatever. But uh, our kids did not get cell phones until they drove, uh, because of the, the perils of the road. That there was an emergency, which they're 16 at that, 16 and a half at that time, is the first time they were able to get cell phones. Again, this is just me. I'm I'm like over the top. I'm radical. I get all that. And um, but <clears throat> but there's a purpose behind it. It's not because I'm strict and my my kids think I'm an old fogey. Uh, it's because I'm aware of the wiles of the devil. And I do not want my kids to have a secular worldview or get their minds entrapped and snared with always doing this without ever doing this, reading the word of God. And so I'm giving them a tool that they can, you know, do you realize that the technology today has far surpassed uh, the young people's morality? They don't have enough morals and a backbone to be able to control the use of that technology. They are so addicted so fast. Quite frankly, a lot of us, a lot of adults are addicted as well. Because we're not, we're not tuned into the Word of God where the biblical worldview is not really set in. It's a struggle. And so even parents have to combat it. And here's the reason why a lot of parents will give their kids phones. Because the parents are guilty of their own addiction and they can't justify it to their kids so they give their kids phones because of their parents' addiction. And so how important that is to realize that we've got to be able to combat it ourselves to lead in that example of this, this whole thing is about the Word of God and I want to make sure that my love for the Lord is exemplified and shown in the home uh, as opposed to maybe an addiction to some, some, some sort of media device. Now, I know I'm, right there is a huge point and a huge thing because when, when somebody at 13 years of age says, Mom, can I have a phone? Or Dad, can I have a phone? And they say, no, because we don't want you to get you know, trapped in it. And they're going to look at you and say, well, what are you doing on all the time? So we have to consider uh, as examples, training up a child in the way they should go. Uh, I want my kids to see me in the Word of God. I want them to see, or if I'm on my phone, that I can show them my phone and say, you know what, uh, I'm not I'm not in my Instagram or not in my, you know, offer up or I'm not on my, whatever these new things are now, I have no idea what's out there. Uh, but I'm not constantly on this stuff. Uh, but if it's the Word of God, look, like I'm, 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 I'm in the Word of God. Uh, I've got a Bible study app or do whatever uh, to be able to, to share that, train them in, um, And quite frankly, a lot of times, uh, parents themselves, we do not possess a biblical worldview, a biblical lifestyle that says this this whole thing is patterned by the Word of God. Not to say that we can't do all those things, but when it's constant, when it's hour upon hour upon hour, it's a very unhealthy balance. And the kids read that and they see that. And we wonder why kids leave when they graduate because they saw an unhealthy balance with mom and dad. And so in most cases, even though the mom and dad is the assistant pastor of the church, even though the dad is the pastor of the church, and the deacon of the church, and the Sunday school teacher, those things mean absolutely squat to a kid. What, make, what, make, what makes a difference to a kid is what do you do at home? What are you spending your time on? What are you doing uh, in your spare time? What books are you reading? What are you looking at on the Internet? Uh, what are you Googling? What, what are the things that we're doing? Because those things are the things... That kids see, my kids do not care if I preach behind that pulpit. They want to see what dad does when he's at home. That's what makes the difference to my kids, to my own two kids. So I realize I don't go home and say, hey, how great was my sermon? Uh, Tell me how good I was, you know, (laughs) or tell me how good I look. Uh, They don't care about that. They want dad, and they want to see dad living that out of home, you know. And so, honestly, it's great that we come to church. This is so important. It's a part of it. We've got to do it. Uh, it's help helped for our kids to see it. But how much are we living for the Lord at home? Because that, that's the stuff, as far as learning those wiles, that's going to resonate. Now, last thing I'm done. Emphasizing more rules. Oh, my goodness. Emphasizing more rules than relationships. Okay? Emphasizing. I'm sorry. Okay. Emphasizing more rules than relationships. So I want to make, <clears throat> I want to have relationships with my kids. We said last week to praise more than you, than you criticize or praise more, praise more than you discipline, which I don't have time to get into that, but I will in the series. Um, but praise more than you discipline. But understand how important this is. I, I grew up in a day and age where it was, it was very much, uh, you can't do, you can't do, you can't do, you have to wear this, have to wear this, have to listen to this, have to, have to, you cannot, you cannot, you cannot. You cannot which are all true. They're all in the Bible. Um, but there was not a, this is how great God is. I mean, this is how awesome the Word of God is. This is, this is, this is how incredible the Holy Spirit is. Uh, yes, there's rules. That's a side note. The amazing thing is when you have a walk with God and a relationship with God, and so when these, when these kids are little, they walk on your feet. Have your kids walk on your feet. When they get older, if you're not careful. They walk on your heart. In other words, this they can break your heart. And so when they're little and they're emulating mom and dad, I want to be all I can to be as proper as school. I want to do all I can to win the heart. I want to do all that I can to have the right relationship, and then teach them how to have a relationship with the Lord. So here's the thing: when they're little, is yes, you need to read the Word of God. And so, like, you know, whatever. My dad was a great dad. But he'd always say, did you ever walk with God? Yeah. Yeah, I read the Bible. Oh, good, good, good. It was almost like it was like, oh, good, that's over. Well, it is great. I mean, I had a phenomenal dad, phenomenal dad. I would never change anything in the world. My dad had no idea that I wasn't walking with God. Because guess what kids can do? They can lie. And they can lie pretty well. And they can open the Bible, and they can turn the page, and get it all, make it all look good. But nothing, there's no relationship. And so, you want to be able to teach our kids and say, okay, hey, when you read that, what did you read? And when you read it, what did it say? And what it said, what does that do? And trying to dive in, and then if they said, well, quite frankly, and here's another thing too, when they're honest, and by the way, embrace the honesty, dad, it's to me, it's so boring. I know, man. Now listen, I can be like, how dare you say that about the Bible? It is alive and powerful, more quicker than any two-edged sword. And it's, a, I mean, it brings things up. How can't, no, no, man. he's being honest. Embrace the honesty. So, which means this, dude, I know, bro. Like that is, it is so boring. That it really is. Wait till you get to Leviticus and Numbers, man. It gets better. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is, this is it's, it's awful. But let, let me share with you something that changed me. And I don't know if it's going to help you, but it just changed me. Let me go over to, to John. John's a little more better than Leviticus. Let's go over to John. How about this one verse? Oh, man, that's pretty cool. Now, do me a favor. Read the rest of this chapter 3. And uh, when you get done reading it, let, let me know what you think about it. I know it's a struggle, man, because I struggle. So I want to empathize with them a little bit, because every kid's going to tell you, listen, when you got to read that book compared to Star Wars, are you kidding me? Star Wars any day. I mean, this is, it's hands down. And kids do not want to read the Bible because of all the, all the other outlets that are just so entertaining. And it's like, you know, make, make like Bible Star Wars thing or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Like, make it happen. Like, where, where's, our, where's our life? And so be careful of that. That's, that's part of desensitizing to kids to reading because our kids are not readers anymore. Books are, anyway, I don't want to get into all that, by books. But once I start that cultivating the appetite where they, it becomes alive to them and the Holy Spirit starts to work in them and it starts to really make a difference, they then in turn start to get that relationship and they now want it. They want to read their Bible. You know, so this is why we go to church because they learn more about having a relationship. Uh, this is what... And so when they get that relationship, then all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, dad, I, I want to dress modestly. Oh yeah, dad, I want to listen to the right I want to listen to gospel music and oh yeah, dad, we-, we want to do these things. Now, when they're over here if they had to, you know, two, three, four years years of age, sorry, we're dressing you, like you don't have a choice. But when they get to be teen- the whole process, when they get to be teenagers, I want them to be able to dress on their own and be able to do it because they want to do it, because they have a walk and a relationship with God. And using the right music. And, and you know, we still, we still have our boundaries. Um, but I want them to kind of have their own, just their own flavor, if that makes sense. Within, within a boundary. And let them express themselves a little bit, but have a, have a relationship with God and how important that is. So, um, kids, I, 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 one of the greatest things I've seen is kids got so burnt out with, we have to, we have to, we have to. Bless God, if you do this, you're going to be so backslidden and so not right with. You. Listen very carefully. Uh, that stuff, uh, as they say, uh, only rules uh, can breed rebellion uh, without a relationship. And so, uh, boy, help our kids. We ourselves must have a relationship with the Lord, but then also help our kids with wisdom to be able to cultivate that relationship and walk with God. I mean, I'm closing. I'm done. I'm sorry. I'm, I, this is so, so on my heart. Um, don't let anybody else raise your kids. Uh, I I, I was a youth pastor for 13 years, and so many parents expected me to raise their kids. And I'm like, I can do what I can, but when they see you live a phony life at home, I can't do anything for them. I'm not trying to be like, you know, whatever, but mom and dad say, what are you going to do for Johnny? So what are you going to do for Johnny? You know, Uh, so don't let anybody else raise your kids. Don't think the Christian school is going to raise them? Uh, I got them in the Christian school, so they're going to turn out right. (laughs) Mom and Dad have got to be the ones. We are the ones, uh, or Sunday school class, or the church, or I'm going to give them a youth program, and I'm going to make sure they get, the, I'm going to get them on all, all these other things, and all these other, pa- these folks are going to raise my kids. Nobody can take the place of Mom and Dad. We have got to accept, as 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 moms and dads as couples, that that responsibility, and say it's my job to raise them. And so when I have them in my care, I'm going to do all that I can to teach them, to raise them. And all of that. So, anyway, um, how do you say it, Pastor? That makes sense. Amen. Okay. Lord, I pray you help us tonight or this morning. Thank you, Lord, for our church. Thank you, Lord, for this class. Lord, as we continue to talk about the home, continue to talk about our kids, Lord, our marriages. Uh, Lord, I pray that you'd help us. Lord, understand these wiles of the devil. Be able to teach them. Oh, Lord, that we would live in the fear of God and live by the Word of God and live with a reverential fear of the Lord Jesus Christ in our lives. And be able to exemplify that to, to our kids. How uh, many say, Pastor, this morning, just pray for me. Uh, if there's a struggle in my marriage, a struggle with my kids. I'm searching on what to do and how to do it. So just pray for me that the Lord will give us wisdom. The Lord would grant us that direction by the Holy Spirit. Just raise your hand here this morning. Boy, just pray for me. Boy, I need that wisdom. Uh, Lord, pray you help us all. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let me just say this. Uh, I know I gave a whole lot of out there this morning, but just take 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 baby steps. Take one. When we go through this this series. You're going to be like, whoa! Uh, I'm, I'm You might think I'm way off, but just take one thing and work at it very slowly. Okay. Uh, we got we got we got some time to work at this, and it's okay. Uh, but don't think you have to change everything overnight. Just just very slowly, one thing, and the Lord leads, and just work one thing at a time. And over a period of time, you're going to see yourself, wow, we've come a long way with the Lord. Amen. So. All right.